Week four is in the books, and we are here to recap it all and talk about some other stuff on the Dynasty Time podcast. Scott here, along with Dan. What is up? I am on the board, people. It finally happened. A win for Brothers Mendez. We'll definitely be getting to that, but definitely want to invite our special guest on, none other than Green Hell owner, Nicholas Laverty. <laughs> Hey guys, yeah, Nicholas, Mister Nicholas Scott is how it's to be. Uh, That's right. On this, uh, feeling feeling uh, really pumped about a four and zero start to the season. Yeah, I'm glad we talked a couple weeks ago about you coming on, and I was hoping you'd still be undefeated when we got you on. This is four wins off the bat. That's a lot of wins for the Green Hell. <laughs> uh, combining multiple years, uh, usually. So I'm pretty excited about this. Good stuff. Um, so one of the cool things that I love about the podcast right now is we have people that don't know each other. So would love for you to just take a minute or so to, you know, introduce yourself and uh, do your little elevator speech that we have everyone doing these days. <laughs> yeah, sure. So uh, Nick Laverty in Detroit now, um, new Scott back in high school, uh, one of the mighty maples. Uh, I wasn't one of the original guys, but I joined year two of Dynasty Time, so it's been a while. Um, only have one actual championship under my belt because I was the the dirty guy that was fine with picking up Michael Vick, and he I rode rode him all the way <laughs> through through a championship. Um, but uh, yeah, so what do I do outside of fantasy? Uh, I got a six month old baby. Uh, work for a consulting firm, which means I make a lot of shit up. I'm a bullshit specialist. And uh, yeah, really excited, like I said, about a 4-0 start. Um, need to decide if it's my coaching or the fact that I brought on a co-owner this year uh, that makes things actually better. So uh, happy to get into any of that stuff. Nice. Uh, yeah, we do give you a lot of shit for not having a good record, but you do have a championship, which is not something every team can say right now. It's true. I, I do like so I do like bad. the burn, you know, uh, uh, go go for glory kind of thing and trade away a bunch of picks approach, which has come back to bite me in the ass and send me to the absolute bottom of the pack for multiple years. So uh, looking forward to a reset to getting things, hopefully, keeping <laughs> this traction going. So, yeah, you've been talking about the reset for a while. Are you excited it's finally happening? I am. I think because <laughs> I, A, probably am – I mean, I, I follow the NFL pretty closely, but I'm not – I'm way more casual than I think a lot of the guys. And so when you're in the third and fourth round and you're drafting guys that are questionable as to you never even heard of them or you're not going to watch them, that's less fun than – when you play in other fantasy leagues and you can go pretty deep in rounds before you actually start hitting that point. So I'm just, I'm just pumped to say I actually get to start with a blank slate and uh, yeah, look for Chris Johnson's and, and Michael Vick's from the beginning. Good stuff. Dan, anything before we move on? Well, you seem to have I, questions. Know, I always have questions. I mean, I think, moderately more important than fantasy football is the six month old. I mean, that's right. Boy, girl name. Yeah. A little, give us a yeah, little there. girl. Landry is her name. Uh, Landry Rose Laverty. So 
You big big Jarvis big Jarvis <laughs> fan. <laughs> I know everybody. No. Either everyone assumes I'm a Browns fan or that I it's that she's a boy because they just think of all the NFL players with the last name Landry. No, we just uh, we like the name so. Just, just like the name, just like the name, lay the hell off. That's right. Wife right. said that that's the name, and I love it. you know, like a good husband, I said, yeah, whatever you say, boss. Let's go. There we go. I love it. We well, just congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah, congrats on that. We just bought a name book. Oh, so that's fun. Congrats. <laughs> I guess. Good luck with that. It's, I, is it an ebook, Scott? Why do you need a book? Can't you just like Google for? That was name? my question. But the boss, as you said, wanted a real paper book. So I don't know. The internet, I will say the internet sites are a little intimidating because it's just, there's no organization. Correct. And like a billion ways to look at it. So maybe this this thing will give us a, a way to look at it. Do you know if it's a boy or girl, or are you saying? Uh, we do not. So we get to do it twice here. Oh, awesome. That's and get two names. That's what we did too. Oh, well, through, through, this, nice. through this show, I'm just going to throw out some names for you then. Scott. Um, Perfect. That is a great idea. That uh, I think we're gonna have to dedicate a whole podcast yeah. to that in in like a month or so. I love and make Whitney listen to it. I love getting outside opinions. That's the best part of the naming <laughs> process. Uh, just give right, give me well, one 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 thing as of guidance. Would you prefer that I center my suggestions around Portuguese, Egyptian, Finnish, <laughs> or Japanese names? If you had to choose, mm, oh, I like or uh, Norse. <laughs> yeah let's go with that one okay. sounds good 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 theme uh all right well we can talk about names all night but we had a week four that was for the ages and i'm just gonna start so we can get out of the way yes badger pride lost yeah that's all i got we lost to the misfits and that's embarrassing <laughs> so i don't know what to tell you Congrats to Luke. Yeah, I was happy for Luke to get a to get a win. He's on the board. Big showing from his defense. Shocking. Uh and Aaron Rodgers finally had a, a really good week. So that that helped for sure. And then unfortunately for you, I mean, you got pretty unlucky. Melvin, did he even play? He was active and they benched Justin Jackson. Yeah, Melvin was a last second. A zero. He was a last second start, but still I don't think he played it down, so that was disappointing. You also had five. You also had five zeros on your bench, so that was kind of. Yeah, didn't really have any options. You didn't, you didn't have any other options there, so. Anyway, you know, it is what it is. You you lose one you're not supposed to lose, but maybe later you'll beat someone you're not supposed to beat. So and maybe you'll move up to the top half of the power rankings. <laughs> I think I'm maybe ninth right now. It's not a good sign. No. Well, when you score like ninety points, that's not a good, not a good thing. That's true. Um. Yeah. Other games. Let's see here. Let's uh should we go straight to to the big winner of the week? And that was Ultimate Warriors. I mean he's he's clearly feeling good about himself based on some of the the texts and yeah. messages and so, whatever he's, he's So we got a message from Paul, so let's 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 listen to that. Hey, uh you got Paul here from the Ultimate Warriors. I'm hoping you guys could uh, address the original odds that were made to start the season, uh, especially where you had myself, the Ultimate Warriors, and C-City Boston falling. Um, frankly, I'd just like you guys to pay a little respect to the teams that are, are really starting to take over and dominate the league. 
So if you could address uh, how you're feeling about these squads and, and the aforementioned seedings, uh, that'd be appreciated. So I'm happy to talk about Ultimate Warriors and C-City because they're the top two scorers once again. Uh, biggest surprises of the year? Yeah, I mean, the the preseason odds had had Ultimate Warriors at like sixth or seventh maybe. So, you know, it, it's a good showing. I think C-City Boston is a surprise. They were the bottom of the list, maybe second to last on the preseason odds, and they've been quite dominant, led by their fearless defense in the New England Patriots. So congrats, I guess, to them. We'll see how long that lasts. But they look pretty solid overall. I, I look at their team and I'm just shocked. I mean, you, everybody knows how I feel about Christian McCaffrey. So that's, <laughs> that's clearly their MVP, not even close. Maybe the best player in the whole fantasy universe right now. But other than that, I'm kind of surprised. We got James White and Allen Robinson and Emmanuel Sanders, Tyrell Williams. I mean, who the hell are some of these guys? <laughs> yeah, that's a surprise. I mean, they did play Blue 32, who was the number one in the odds and is now the last place in the power rankings. What the hell? Blue 32. Take one going down. Doesn't help things. Yeah, that doesn't help. No, not at all. He's playing Daryl Williams, who actually did pretty well. But, yeah, Brian's in a little bit of trouble. Uh, Ultimate Warriors came out, took down Freelancers, who goes to one and three. Jordan Howard with a big game. I mean, Ultimate Warriors getting huge games from, like, Philip Dorsett in week one, three touchdowns from Jordan Howard in week four here. I don't know if it's sustainable, Paul. So I don't, I don't know if I believe it yet. He's got that Bears defense rolling, though. I mean, it's a, I know it's a theme, but you got that dominant defense who's going to put up as much as two position players every week. And he's got two solid quarterbacks, too. So I, I think yeah. he's he's good. There's no way Jordan Howard's going to keep that up. But if I remember correctly, Jordan Howard, he already offered it to me like three different times. But I think, I think, don't quote me on this. I'd have to check and I don't want to right this second. But I think I took Tevin Coleman in the third round over Jordan Howard, which if that is the case, wow, I suck at fantasy. But you're welcome, Paul. And I, well, we already knew that. I, I'm, I'm also a soft spot now with baby Landry that – Paul's got Jarvis on the team. So, Paul, I'm, I'm rooting for you. We got a whole family. Other there. Landry's, or is it really just Jarvis Landry? It's just, just out there. Last name. Yeah, he finally had a good game. I mean, he had 21 points yeah. about, which was almost his total for the whole season to this point. Actually, I think it was. So, he's, he's he showed up finally. Uh, well, let's move. We talked about it briefly, but Greenhow going to 4-0. He took down Jutang Clan in one of the biggest disappointing Monday nights, I have to imagine, with Tyler Boyd needing like six points maybe, and he got 4.8. I don't know. Yeah, really. I, there, we, were, we were talking. So the context, my dad, I brought him on as co-owner this year. Uh, he'd, he'd been wanting to do the whole fantasy thing for forever, and I was keeping him, keeping him at bay. <laughs> saying don't mess with this good thing that I've got going with these stellar seasons I've put <laughs> together. But look at us now. He comes on, he's making roster moves for us. And uh yeah, we were we were sweating it a little bit come Monday night because we, we were only up by a few points and 
not quite sure what happened there with, uh, with the guys, uh, really, really disappointing, but to the benefit for our team, right? Take the good with the bad sometimes. I mean, that's right. Everybody with double digit for the points, pretty low scoring game. So got away with it. I think the scary part of the green hell is the fact that you have Le'Veon Bell on your bench. Kareem Hunt could be a factor late in the season. OJ Howard on your bench. There's a lot of depth there. So I was looking at Stefan Diggs, you know, could be out this week or at least he's banged up, I think. And you could, you have three options to replace him with. So that's, that's a pretty great spot to be. Obviously Dalvin Cook, I've spoken about before. My guy, Dalvin Cook, Vikings still suck, but he's phenomenal. Derrick Henry, a great pick. I think he was pretty polarizing preseason, and he's been really solid for you, double digits every single week, I think. So really, really strong showing there overall. I think you're going to kind of keep it going. I can't believe I'm, I'm projected to beat you this week. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, overall, the squad is good. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I mean, the, the whole Kareem Hunt thing again, going for the – the dirty dogs bringing these guys on to the team, but I we'll we'll see we'll see. I I it's killed me in the past not having anyone to kind of step in late in the season when you've got an injury um, that's inevitable. And I mean, Le'Veon, you just you I don't know. I almost like don't trust the guy, and I'm super excited about having him. But there, Kareem kind of sitting in the background for a few weeks from now is I think a good spot. I, I always felt good about my receiver core and uh, some good picks with like Marquise Brown. That's just been putting up some decent numbers. So need the tight end position to kind of step up a little bit, but a um, little surprised too, with how low some of the scoring has been week one, I still started feeling really good. Um, but the last couple of weeks, uh, not, not as high as I'm hoping for, obviously. And with some bye weeks coming up, we'll, we'll see. Um, and yeah, Paul, this, this week, it could be, could be a tight one so uh we'll see how it goes i hope so i hope you lose yeah i'm the same i hope you lose i mean i, I i'd like to climb up from fourth <laughs> in the power rankings maybe at five and oh they'll give me some love and move me up to second or third yeah what a what a jerk this guy is i never even talked to him before he's yeah, already seriously. hoping i lose what a jackass it's gonna be a great game uh dan you took down nwo do you feel bad taking down the creator of the moral morality clause rule? I, I will never feel bad taking Logan down. You know, it just, it felt really good that he was my first win. He was feeling good about himself. I think I, he was feeling good about himself from like week one with all of his mediocre running backs. And I'm so happy because I have Nick Chubb in another league that he still went off. He went off and I still came out victorious. So that feels really, really good to, to get off the, the schneid there. And I'm still alive. I'm not mathematically limited yet. Hanging in there. Not bad. And then the last two games here, Bobby FC took down Paul. Paul K, uh, who only put up 75 points. Oh, boy. Prime time. Not looking great these days. Um. And then we had CR Pies, who just another solid day for him. Goes to three and one. Takes down Birds of Prey. Again, another disappointing day for Birds of Prey. He's looking to trade a quarterback if anyone wants him. I'm pretty no, surprised. No I mean, yeah, it's I was looking at it, but 
I'm not quite sure. Drew Brees hopefully coming back soon. If Jameis Winston keeps putting up numbers, he's doing he's doing okay for me. But I think both Craig and Bobby, I think we called out both those teams pretty early on as as solid kind of top to bottom teams. So we'll I think they're gonna be in it for the long haul. Birds of Prey to me is one of the most surprising performances of the season in in a, in a negative way with, you know, his roster looks pretty good to me. I think Philip Lindsay's been quite a bit disappointing. Mike Evans put up a couple of big weeks. Galladay looks good, but somehow they're they're one and three and they're gonna have to figure something out. You win win some, you lose some as they say, you know. And he's lost a lot. He's lost a lot. Really, I think you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe he needs to think about bringing uh, his dad on board. A co-owner? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe that would work for him. Uh, so, Birds of Prey goes to one and three. We have six one and three teams, so nobody's out of it right now. Lots of parody in this league. Uh, just a call out real quick before we move on. Primetime is now out of the Survivor game. Sad. Isn't the is Survivor, that happening? Do we still love the Survivor? I love the Survivor. We haven't it's even great. talked about it yet this year. <laughs> it's on the front page now. You can get to it right there. Oh, there it is. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Uh, so I thought I was going to lose this week, but stayed alive. Uh, so, yeah, looking at, ahead to next week, I think you guys have one of the best games. And NWO playing Bobby FC. That could be a good one. And I play Craig, which is always a a fun one. Always want to be Craig because he sucks. And he picked Ezekiel Elliott. I know, right? Ezekiel Elliott Elliott will probably score six points against you. And then when I play him, he'll score 43. So you're welcome. Karma or something. All right. But Craig's feeling pretty good. I think he's, he's, he's one to beat. I think. Yes, sir. All right. Anything else on week four? Just a really serious question for you, Scott. Um, we got some yeah. name options here from the Norse. Oh, perfect. So uh, do you like the name Randy with an I, Magna, Dag, Magna, or maybe even Garth? Uh, you know, mm. a Ooh, solid Norse name Garth. of Garth. That. Are and, we and, far and enough think, away from Wayne's World that Garth is okay? If now? you caveat it that it's a you know a historical Norse name, <laughs> then no one will question you. I mean, maybe for a girl, I don't know. Maybe G. I like I like Mar- Mantha. What was that one? <laughs> yeah, Mantha, like the like the Red Wing. I guess like Anthony Mantha <laughs> or Gunolf. Big, uh, oh, there's a, there's a lot of. Have good you guys in here. have you guys heard of the hockey player? Um, Oh, God. I'm going to have to cut this out. Uh, he's a minor league hockey player, and it's basically the best name ever. So I'll, I'll look into that. You'll have to share because that might be in the running. I think we should just look at your roster, honestly. There's some great names on your roster. Dak, Alvin, Melvin, Christian, Nicole. I think Nicole, Nicole. I mean, that could work. That's that could work good. for a boy or a girl. Yeah. Trey, Rashad, Debo, Tyreek. I mean, what the hell? This is like that East-West skit from uh Yeah, it's good. I mean, and if you can go with a little bit of, you know, alliteration or whatever they'd say, you know, like a Chubba Hubbard kind of name is really something 
that, that that's just helpful in life in general when you've got a great name that kind of rhymes or makes people think of you know what chubba hubbard you just get a picture in your head of what what chubba hubbard's going to look like and you know luckily he's a running back and that's he's not as not as big as you'd expect okay there we go that's you're welcome good you're welcome good name talk um yeah, so I'm still going to look for this guy's name because it's amazing. But moving on, uh, Dan, you had uh, some thoughts. We've had a lot of discussion about rules for next year with the reset coming up. Uh, what were you thinking? Yeah, so I was thinking more about the super flex and trying to figure out options, ways to kind of make the super flex workable without maybe thinking that quarterback is always going to be the solution there. And one idea that I thought of that I don't think we've talked about yet is instead of starting nine guys every week, do we only start eight? So in a, in a fairly standard league like us the past 13 years or this year too, we, we start nine guys. One of them was always the kicker. Now that we've removed the kicker, we added in a wide receiver spot, which creates some new strategies, some new challenges, hard part in a 14 team league, always to, to kind of fill that roster spot. So I was thinking ahead to next year with the super flex and, and you know, how does that play in? I think one of the big ways that I think about it is if you go down to eight players and only have to start two wide receivers, that gives you a, a, a deeper bench and a better player at the maybe wide receiver or running back spot to put up against a quarterback for that super flex spot. So it makes it a little bit harder of a decision because you have a better player on your bench as a running back or a wide receiver to start in that super flex versus just always going with your maybe mediocre quarterback. So that's just one way I was looking at it. I'm still of the the belief. And I think Nick, maybe you said this earlier. I want to focus on the quarterbacks the most, because those are the players I know I can name probably 40 NFL starting quarterbacks or 40 NFL quarterbacks right now in a minute or two. And that's what I want to focus on. So that's still for me, my opinion, but I think maybe reducing the roster size starting wise from nine to eight might actually make the decision a little bit harder in that super flex spot. I don't know, Nick, what your thoughts are on that. I, I actually really like that suggestion um, because it does force a little bit of a harder discussion and it doesn't just let you load up your bench and, and almost have the decision made for you. I guess my only question is, would you push then to say we should actually just reduce the total roster size by one slot? Or you actually like the idea of being able to stockpile, start eight, but still stockpile an additional guy uh, on your bench? Yeah, it's a good question. I think off the top, I guess I didn't really thought about that piece. I think off the top of my head, I would say we keep it at 14. I like an even number, first of yeah. all. And, you know, I, I think most leagues, while you don't have 14 teams, would have 15 or 16 roster spots. So I think we're already kind of on the mm-hmm. small side. And we've also kicked around the idea of like an IR spot in previous years. So maybe increasing that bench, well, it's not an IR spot. You now have more bench slots than you've ever had before. So you could kind of afford to keep a player, whether he's injured, whether you're really trying to DP somebody. Yep. I, think, I think that all plays into it as well. So it not only makes the starting lineup conversation, I think, better with the super flex, but I also think it gives you more options on your bench to try to rebuild in the DP conversation and, if your quarterback or running back or both get injured, you don't have to like completely cut one when they might be back week 10. Right. So I'd, I'd be okay with doing eight starters and six bench. 
Scott, what are your yeah. thoughts? I think I like that. The, the thing I do like about the eight and the 14 is that if you have that extra player, one, it leads people to be able to stash someone, which I like that strategy. I think no matter what we do with the keepers, I think some form of the DP will stick around. So I like not like right now it's pretty hard because you don't have many bench spots. The other piece I like is I think it would allow for more trades, especially if you're, if you have a super flex and then you have an extra bench spot, essentially. Now there's like that extra player, essentially that you can, you can mess around with if you need to. Um, And anything that lets you trade more, I think is a good thing. Absolutely. I think we've already discussed how the super flex makes you trade more because you're going to maybe be interested in getting the 32nd ranked quarterback. Mm -hmm. But then also, like you just said, I mean, it's really hard to have to start three wide receivers, two running backs and a flex. It just makes it really hard to trade. And that's why I started thinking about this was, you know, someone offered me a decent running back, but I can't trade one of my best three wide receivers for a decent running back. That doesn't do anything. I still have to start all three wide receivers. Uh, plus a flex. So I think that all adds up to more strategy, like you're saying, potentially more trades and the ability to save someone and focus on next year. Because I think one thing that we have to f- not forget about is, yes, we're resetting next year, but let's think ahead to year three, four, five. This goes back to being a dynasty style right. league, right? And you need to have options for teams who are struggling for a couple of years to be able to rebuild. And I think adding quote unquote, adding that additional um, bench spot helps you do that. Totally agree. So the other question, the other way to think about it uh, is do you, you could do eight players to begin with, or you could add a flex back. So then that you still do the nine players, but you don't have to have that third wide receiver. It's another way to think yeah, about it. And so you're not forced to do the wide receiver. You could have that and, you know, your Juju or whoever it is could be that super flex spot, I guess, in theory. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's another way of looking at it. I think, I think whether it's a third wide receiver or, or an additional flex, it, it, maybe the additional flex is a little bit better, but chances are to me that player is going to be a wide receiver anyway, just because that's the, in a way, the deepest position in the league because most teams will use four or five in a given week. So I don't, I don't, I don't hate that by any means. I I would maybe like that a little bit better than the extra wide receiver. So, but again, it's just another variation to think about. And I I just, I want to hear more opinions on, because on eight versus nine, because there's nothing that says that we have to be at nine. We're already a 14-team dynasty league. so Yeah, and and, to Nick's point, it it makes it a little bit more – it makes it more fun, as we've talked about, too. Like, we want to root for players that are – we know. (laughs) And so when you're picking up that, like – at some point, this is supposed to be for fun. And so when you're picking up the fifth receiver who you've never heard of so you could plug him in so you can get two points. Or even worse, if there's no receiver you're going to take and then it's some – bench tight end or you're picking up some like, yeah. low, low running back that that's like demoralized. I mean talking from a guy that's been at the bottom of a 
the league for a couple of years now. It's demoralizing when you have guys go down and then there's like <laughs> literally no running backs available and you're not going to go for a tight end. So you're talking receivers you don't know or shitty running backs. And that's just not as fun as so the super i personally love the super flex idea because it just yeah i was gonna ask up. what's your uh, what's your opinion yeah i i would say rather than go just to a flex and i would i'd much prefer to go to super flex because i think it even changes the draft strategy for next year um really it's going to make people have to think about where are they positioning themselves for like how, what kind of dynasty do you want to build and are you building around qbs or are you building around running backs um and I think you'll see more of a divergence in the way that people approach having that super flex versus the way that it's been in recent drafts where it's just, you know, running back hungry from the, the, the get-go. And you, uh, yeah, I just, I think it'll make it a little bit more interesting and you'll see people take different strategies, uh, which is also going to make it fun for trading because people get stuck or other people will be too loaded and be able to move things around. Yeah, I yeah. think just the last the last piece I'll say on, on the trade, and I know we kind of talked about this a little bit, but the trading piece, if you have eight players, you essentially have a an extra player, if you will, than you have ever had before to work into trades, which yes. I think maybe is an exactly. underestimated point that that I actually just am thinking about right now that I love. It just it, I love when the trade deadline is crazy, and the trade deadline hasn't been too crazy the last no. years. Obviously, this year's unique, but the last few years, it hasn't been very crazy like it used to be. And I think if you have that extra player to kind of throw around, or even if you're if you kind of think you're out of it, now you have an extra bench spot to go out and get a a rookie quarterback. I mean, I just think about the Patrick Mahomes situation. The previous primetime owner drafted Patrick Mahomes early, but let's say he was out there, or he drafted him, and coming in you know towards the end of that first season everybody's hearing rumors about Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes someone could have traded for him and and kept and held on to him then because we would have had an extra spot of you know six bench spots that's just one example but I think it just opens up the door to so many possibilities strategically and ways to kind of rebuild because the last thing we want to happen is everybody's pumped about the reset then three years down the line it's kind of stale again to your point Nick like the draft will go back to being a little bit stale but if there's more opportunity to rebuild your team, to me, that's maybe the most important part about going to super flex and changing roster spots and keeper rules and things like that is, is more options to, to build. Yeah, your team. That's, that's a really good point. I, I also love on the, the way you're talking about late season trading because you do find yourself in the current format kind of stuck if you're not absolutely at the bottom and you're kind of on the cusp of breaking into the playoffs, your choices are really limited in terms of who you're going to move because it's oftentimes impacting the guys you're actually going to start versus thinking, well, I actually have a little bit more flexibility now because I'm not, I've got more bench space to say, I might be making a move not to tank or not to position myself for three years down the road, but I'm just making moves thinking about a Patrick Mahomes type situation, or just, I want to go grab a guy that I think is going to set me up decently for next year. Like I can play a bit, the short and long game at the same time, which has been frankly a little bit difficult. That's a good point. That would be huge. That for the is, league. I feel like I've tried that multiple times with like, I remember Dan, when we tra- and I traded like Forte and then I, 
picked up a pick elsewhere. And I was trying to do kind of what Nick, you're talking about, like stay alive, but also plan for the future. But it's super hard when you have like four bench spots because you can't stash guys. Or you end up doing, I mean, and I've done it in years past and I think it pissed people off. It's kind of like, I'm going to trade guys away and then almost not be able to field a like competitive team. (laughs) Right. So it's like, exactly a jackass, but you're actually, you're left in a position where it's like the only way I figure out how to claw my way out of the, the, just the shithole is I have to do some kind of stupid stuff. And this I think will help people not have to tank gives them a little bit more flexibility around um, making some trades and, and hopefully gets rid of a little bit of, I think the, what we had happening quite a bit in the last few years, which is you get down to trade deadline and suddenly it's first and second round picks going for two years later. And it makes things interesting, but I think it also kind of has these wild gyrations in who's top and bottom of the league. Like you've got your steady eddies of uh, Craig and Scott. You've been pretty, pretty decent kind of staying in the middle, but other, other teams kind of go from high to low. And I think that has a lot to do with, they just don't have much space to move things and they got to make big. Well, I think that's one thing that Cabot was kind of sick of, and I didn't necessarily agree with him, but I, I got his point of like, it's just a cycle for a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. It's just, okay, I'm going to have one year good and one year bad, one year good. Um, And there was no real other way to do it unless you got lucky like I did. And, you know, all of a sudden you have Camara. Correct. (laughs) You know, I mean, I just got lucky like that, but. I think the tanking piece that Nick was saying is, is spot on. I mean, right now, if you're borderline come, a trade trade deadline is pretty early. So, Come you know after week seven, you're you're two and five, which might actually only be a game out of the playoffs. In the current system, I would say nine times out of ten you're going to tank that away because you just feel like it's kind of hopeless, like you were explaining, Nick. And with a smaller starting roster and the superflex options and a bigger bench, maybe you're you have a little bit more hope, and maybe there's options for you to actually rejigger your squad and improve your squad for the current year. And, which correct. And we never want and flip it yeah. around to the person who's actually receiving the end of uh, the good end of a trade like that. They're giving up a first or second round pick. They, they aren't positioned in a rock and hard place where you've got a team that's, you know, really making a push, but is lacking the receiver that they need an elite receiver who they must start. And so they're willing to give up a first or second round pick. Maybe this also, prevents the the people who are making the trades to make the push from having to go so low by giving up first and second round picks. And like, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that because that happens in, in the, the NFL, you know, actually during a draft, but it just is happening so much. And you really see teams screw themselves over and get to the point where like you're just completely hopeless for multiple years, unless you get lucky or, we've got owners who are less enthusiastic and they bail. Uh, and then it leads exactly. to the whoever's coming so, in. Oh no, I was going to just pivot off of that quick. I don't want to talk for too much longer, but Nick, you always had an idea. I feel like for the last like five years, which has been, you should have to pay or commit to like two years at a time. And I'm curious if you still, like that sort of idea or what your thoughts are with that? 
because you came out you told me about that like five six years ago and now that we never did it it kind of screwed us over a couple times yeah <laughs> right you know i i i still think it's a really good idea the problem i only see with it now is like we're a few years out of college and so the league fees are enough to keep most people interested but it's not really enough where even if you ask somebody for 200 bucks like in the grand scheme of things they're probably if they're really going to walk they're going to walk so i think i liked that more when we were all super poor college students and it might really incentivize you but i i i don't know i i wish there was a way to get people and maybe it's by the natural attrition that's gone on but like I seriously considered leaving a couple times just because I sucked so bad and I had no idea. <laughs> it's like, it's not fun when you're one and 10 <laughs> multiple years or two and whatever like that, that just, it, it's, it's boring. And at that point, I'm like, not going to blame anyone when they want to get out, but what it, yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I could argue it either way at this point. Uh, I think, I think the thing about it for me is it just protects the pot for another year. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, if that guy's going to leave, the guy's going to leave, but at least it protected the pot for the next season. And you don't have a Benny situation from two years ago that trades a bunch of picks and then bails. And then we got to give somebody, you know, or I guess maybe that wasn't the example, but we got to give somebody a discount to join the league. I mean, at least it protects the pot for another year. That's a, that's at, a at minimum. Great, that's a really good point. So that's how I look <laughs> at it. And I think, and I think one way you could do it is, you don't have to pay in up front for two years, but if you're going to trade a pick for a future year, you have to pay in for the next year right then. So if I'm, yeah. if I'm seven and two or whatever, maybe that doesn't work with a trade deadline, but if I'm, you know, in first place coming to the trade deadline and I'm going to trade a first or second round pick for a good running back, I should have to pay Scott my dues right then and there to have that trade go through. That's a great idea. I don't mind that. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like an easy way to do it. Cause I'm, I should be committing at that point anyway. Right. I mean, yeah. we're all in this together and we should be committing at this point to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going all in, I'm betting on my team and I'm not going to be a dick and screw everybody over and leave next year. So I'm just going to get my dues paid right away. That should be a requirement in my opinion. Yeah. I don't mind it. I think that's a good idea. Sorry. I got really fired up there. Yeah, you me, really did. I started thinking about fucking Benny <laughs> whatever he did who the hell is benny no one even knows who that guy is and he comes in he was so good too traded was... multiple picks and then bails that was surprising because he was so active he was like he was the one in the chat like he was pretty right. into it and then i mean he was friends with austin and austin left and that was kind of the end of that but i mean that's why we're yeah. trying to do all this other stuff because people don't necessarily know each other but right. if we can at least do stuff like this and the chat and all that, at least it feels more like a, a cool league as opposed to like, what am I doing here? Agreed. <laughs> kind of thing. Yep. Uh, Absolutely. If, um, if we run into this situation again, where somebody leaves um, my brother-in-law, he's a super cool dude and he's, he loves fantasy. He's like, I've been telling him about the league for years now and he's like super into it. So if we need another guy at some point and hopefully perfect. we don't just let me know. Cause he would be jump, jump at it. There we go. That's awesome. Ex- expand we- to 16, question mark? <laughs> Just kidding. That's, that's for a later date. As we've talked about, my roster is getting pretty thin after the last few years. So uh, definitely we'll keep that in mind. I'm pretty excited. I think we have a good group here. Me too. Um, but you never know uh, what people want to do. Um, yeah, I think that's 
pretty much everything. How long until how long until we have to start paying you, Scott, to do with a baby on the way? Like, are you actually going to be able to do all this shit uh, and manage the draft and all that stuff? Like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. You tell me. Uh, we had a seems pretty easy. We had a colicky baby, so that was that was no fun. Mm. So maybe maybe baby <laughs> Garth will be uh, really easy going, but maybe Garth will be a little bit more difficult. This is why the draft needs to be away from me. I can fly somewhere where I don't have to be near the baby, and then I'll be all set. That's won't matter. That's true. I did my <laughs> fantasy baseball draft from the waiting room at the NICU where the baby was for like eight weeks. So, wow, that's dedication right there. That is commitment. Green yeah. Hell is in for the long haul. <laughs> you want me to commit for ten it. years? I'm in. I can give you a thousand bucks. No, I actually there we go. Do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> well, now you're splitting with your dad, right? So that's true. No, he's free. He's free at this point. There you go. He's, he's got a bankroll. <laughs> he's bankrolled over there. I see what's going on here. We got a brought in a ringer. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. All right. Well, Dan, Nick, anything else before we sign off? Good conversation. Let's get it going on the on the Slack. I want to hear all the thoughts. Agreed. Thanks, Love guys. Slack. Nick, thanks for joining us. Hope to get you on again. Scott, good to talk to you. We should do it more, more than once every like five or six years. Yeah, next time in Detroit, let's actually grab a beer or something. Let's do it. And uh, let's get to, let's be serious about this whole uh, setting up a draft that's not via just online. Like even if we only get a couple of us, Chicago, Detroit. I mean, Vegas would be amazing, but that you know realistically is probably not going to happen. But like. That would just, I think, really reinvigorate the league. And if we're starting next year, that would be the most ideal with a redraft. But if it's, if it's not next year, it's the following year. Scott, with you having a kid, like, um, I just think we should we should put something in the books and just actually make it happen. Love to hear that. No, Amen. I agree. Amen. Let's do it. Cool, guys. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, Nick. We will see you all next week. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, guys. And we'll, we'll see you then. Talk soon.